everybody. Welcome to the Nerd Your Enthusiasm podcast. I am your host, Matt. I'm joined here today by my two good friends, compatriots, buddies, whatever you want to call them, Steve and Nick. Say hi, guys. How's it going? Todd Howard did nothing wrong. <laughs> Todd Howard. Todd Howard. <laughs> that goddamn meme you sent me today with fucking, it was the Infinity War trailer with um, it's like the part where Ant-Man shows up and he's like, yeah, you know me, Ant-Man, but it's Todd Howard's face. It's like, hey, you know me, Todd Howard. You remember Skyrim. You know Skyrim, right? <laughs> and then it's like, uh, goddamn. Um, and then he's like, yeah, well, I got I got Starfield, so you can let me in, right? <laughs> Just pleading to the Avengers inside to purchase Starfield. Brilliant. Pretty fucking funny. Disney Disney is just gonna buy up Bethesda by the end of the year, so it's okay. I wouldn't I, I doubt I I they should never touch another they're 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 in with EA right now, okay? That's that's my problem. <laughs> they're in bed with multiple publishers, not just EA. Yeah. I know, but they gave Star Wars my well one of my babies to EA. These bastards. That's capitalism for you. I guess so all right so uh what do we got to talk about today steven you are the planner of all this kind of <laughs> am i do i Not have really. to jesus right. no all you right. don't have to all right no, fine no, no. fine no 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 i was obligated to do this with you it's fine it's fine i get it okay it's in your contract all right uh, yeah it's in my contract okay fine um Let's dis discuss the Game Awards and what resulted in the winners and the announcements. Um, quite the intriguing award show. I would probably say it was the more memorable ones in recent years. Um, a lot of announcements, uh, most of them minor in terms of scope. We, we didn't get like any major... Like, oh shit, a Skyrim or a Mass Effect 3 moment. But we did get like a, a lot of teases towards what the future of certain games holds. I'm fairly sure I'd never want to see a Mass Effect 3 moment ever again. Well, I mean, back <laughs> then it was yeah, a we were whole all hyped. Yeah. We were all hyped, but you know, what a, what a nightmare it was. I'm excited I'm... for, um, what was it? Didn't they? Um unveiled the crash team uh nitro racing Car oh, yeah, crash team racing. racing yeah i'm excited for that one yeah i mean quite a quick turnaround uh i'm i think it's the same studio that's 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 doing that remake i believe so hopefully it's quite the quick turnaround so uh, what were some of the other? Uh, what was what was one of your biggest surprises that you saw during the award show? Like which uh, I was, like what was one of your, what was one of the awards that you thought that one wouldn't win so much? Um, honestly, for those people who were like for sure betting their life savings on Red Dead to winning Game of the Year. I mean, if you could like observe and just reflect on like what the discussion around all those uh, gaming media outlets were having prior to the Game Awards, the tenor of the room was that 
Red Dead 2 was more divisive than God of War and mostly the gameplay aspect of that game. Um, you had sort of individuals who just hated the game just because of how slow, of how clumsy Arthur seems to move around, the the repetitive nature of the shootouts. Ultimately, Red Dead 2 um, feels like an evolution of Rockstar's narrative prowess as a studio, being able to flex their, you know, script writing muscles in that regard. I think Red Dead 2 is an achievement in that regard. But in terms of gameplay, Rockstar just always sticks to what it does best, but it does it in a way that it doesn't evolve. It doesn't try to innovate. It doesn't try to refine the gameplay experience, which is mainly combat in that game. I mean, yeah, I, I mean... Oh, go ahead. And I think that's then, and I think that was the crux of Red Dead Two when it was faced up against God of War, which, again, I have my reservations about God of War in terms of its impact uh, for the medium, but ultimately, God of War just felt more smoother to play. And as a game where you go in and you play it, I think that resonated a lot more with people than it did with Red Dead. Yeah, I mean, I like both of the games. They're both amazing games for me personally. I know you have your reservations, which I've yet to hear um, too much of. Uh, but what we, what I really liked about both games was that they both had, a, for me, really amazing stories. Like, I loved the story in God of War. It was, you know, I, I love... Uh, Norse mythology and all that stuff, like with Odin and all that, and you know, with Balder being the bad guy and the whole thing it was. And you didn't, I didn't even know it was Balder until they told me it was Balder because I was thinking because I had taken a class, and so I was like, "Well, which fucking god is he trying to be?" I thought he was Loki at first before they even announced him as Balder. I was like, "Okay," because he's kind of a trickster god, but then the twist around at the end with, you know, obviously the kid being loki is like what i was i was baffled i but of course i didn't think i i i i'm pretty easy to trick or or not like i will i'll i'll definitely fall for those twists at the end so it's like stuff like that i uh, think it was yeah go ahead uh yeah i'm a little surprised that i mean I played a little bit of God of War. Um, I liked it. Like graphically, it was really nice. The story was interesting for the part that I played. Um, it kind of brings it back to the days of like the Uncharted series, as far as like you're kind of playing like an interactive movie almost per se. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of surprised that it won Game of the Year in the sense that I, I don't know. I guess it's just for for what the masses were looking at um i understand why red dead didn't get it as far as of what um steve was saying about the game as far as how it looks how it plays mechanically and stuff but i think it's because also the time that it's been out um god of war has been out a, a little bit longer than red dead and it had a pretty i mean it still has a pretty positive track record going through um 
I haven't heard too much negativity about Red Dead except for some, you know, like snafu errors with like the online beta and stuff, but that's to be understood. Yeah. Uh, just, I was, I was kind of, I mean, I didn't think Red Dead was going to win. Uh, I, I had a, like a faint glimmer of hope, glimmer of hope rather, um, that it might win, but I wasn't surprised when I saw God of War win. It was kind of like the Mayweather-McGregor fight. I had a glint of uh, hope that <laughs> McGregor would pull out, but Huggy Bear always <laughs> So... <laughs> And then, um, but Red Dead did win a lot of other awards as well. More so than God of War. It won four awards, whereas in God of War only won three. And I feel like Red Dead was rewarded uh, primarily on its strongest aspects of narrative, performance, audio design. And Red Dead 2 has some impeccable audio design. It is like... If you have some surround headphones and like really just like really concentrate on the audio surrounding, you know, where you're located at, the nearby towns, the forest life. I mean, it is just astonishing. It I I I honestly think Red Dead 2 has the best audio design in any game I've ever played. Yeah. I mean, I I I really love like how, especially with like when you're hunting. Okay. That's, that's my thing. Like you'll be in an area and be like, okay, you can see, you may not see the animals all the time, but if you're like in the mountains, you'll hear an elk call and it's like, okay, there's definitely elk in the area. And then you maybe, I mean, elk are very prevalent in the mountains, but I'm like, you'll be like, okay, there, and then there the elk are, then there'll be a, like a closer elk call instead of like one that's echoing throughout the canyon. There the fucking elk are, and you'll hear the elk call. Or for like bears, which are more or less, you won't see as nearly as many in comparison to elk, but the bears, like you, you'll hear a bear roar, and you're like, oh shit, okay, this is definitely bear territory. And then you'll, but then you'll hear like an off to the, like you can definitely hear to your left or right if you're hearing surround sound headphones. It'll be like, oh shit, I heard a bear fucking right behind me. And then you turn around and it's like, fucking grizzly shit. Yeah, <laughs> um, I kind of agree with that as far as like the, because I'm a huge fan of like old West movies and stuff and playing through, I'm still very early on in the game and stuff. I finally got my hands on the game. Um, it's, it harkens back to some of those movies that I grew up watching as like a kid and stuff. And it kind of is cool to see that. Um, I also saw a thing, I think it was like a day ago. I can't remember where I saw it, but they were talking to some of the voice actors and they asked them, like they were telling the person that was doing the interview, like it took like a few years of capture sessions and stuff that they did uh, for the game and stuff. So they really like, went in as far as to what like you know the narrative was gonna be and also like for voice acting and stuff and sound dubbing and everything else like they really took their time uh with it which i think is a good thing versus rushing it yeah also um i'm so glad that the person who does who did arthur's voice i can't 
for the life of Roger me. Roger Clark. There you go. Thank God. Uh, Roger Clark, uh, such an amazing and impactful job he did. Um, just a fan. I'm so glad he won. I think maybe that's he may have won because it came out just now, you know, recently, but also because of his performance in general. It could have come out, you know, at the beginning of the year and still probably would have won. Maybe. Um, but time is, you know, whatever's in the forefront of your mind probably is going to win. Uh, so in regards to that, um, what chapter are you on right now, Nick? Um, I'm currently on, I believe it's like part of chapter two. Okay. Um, so you haven't even... Yeah, I'm very early on in the game. Like I'm still in the like Valentine area. There's like whole swaths of the map that are still completely blank. Um, but I'm slowly trucking along at my own pace. Um, I haven't really set out to like just do the story missions and just go through. Um, okay. But, All right. Um, yeah, I know you guys have already completed. The, yeah, uh, we we beat the whole game and, actually. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we could talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, we'll continue yeah, with the game discussion for now. Um, yeah, I was just so surprised how how many how many awards like they kept sweeping awards like one after the other and after the other. I was just like, Jesus Christ! Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, like early on, it I, I was kind of like, oh shoot, could this be a Return of the King scenario where it's just win after win after win? But then, as soon as God of War won Best Game Direction, that's when I noticed, oh, things are turning around. I feel like Red Dead is is garnering all these narrative focused awards as a consolation prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I I really look at it that. Rockstar to me, like with every game that they have put out that I have played, uh, they always seem to just really take their time at creating a really good story-driven based game, whereas other competitors and stuff, like they try to do that, but they rush it really quick to the point where it either becomes broken or it's, there's a lot of paywalls in place and stuff like that. Um, I'm just really glad that they took the time to actually but make sure they got it down pat before releasing it to the masses mm-hmm. right and and more so this year because um the one thing that distinguishes red dead 2 with previous rockstar efforts is that if you look at a game like grand theft auto 3 um grand theft auto 5 even the first red dead most of the characters you encounter and story threads are very heavy hand are very heavy handed with satire and just like oh you have like these zany characters and like most of the time your protagonist is just really trucking along to the beat of what those characters want you to do in red dead 2 the agency of the story is all it basically surrounds the gang and dutch vanderlyn and this is the first time in my opinion where rockstar really elevates itself to where it's like let's actually try and, and tell a serious story with serious implications that doesn't really you know with the satire extremely toned down and i think rockstar has sort of like reach the heights of like mastered storytellers like naughty dog it's it it's such an amazing difference in comparison to like like grand theft auto 5 like i like the campaign of that game 
But the problem with the three protagonists is that it's very hard to root for each one individually. And they each have their own, like, you know, different goals. And having just toning it down to a singular character with Arthur Morgan was just a boon for this game. Right, right. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, such a fantastic... I I definitely didn't like... um... I mean, I liked how they split people up in Grand Theft Auto Five, but it definitely did leech out your emotion for one character over the other, especially when it came to the end where you had to decide kill one or the other or save them all. And I obviously picked save them all, but it was definitely less impactful. It's like, oh, well, shit, I kind of want to keep be able to play all these characters because one's the crazy one, one's the business guy, and one's the you know, sporting guy. And it's like, uh yeah i'm gonna keep them all because why would i hinder myself but I'm really, I'm really glad that they didn't use that type of a mechanic for red dead with the amount of characters that the game has because um, i remember early on like way back that they had talked about that they had thought about doing that like splitting it up to where you could go into a different character like you know that's on another side of the map or something i was like to me that would have just been absolutely confusing as far as for a story to keep it like you know on a linear check in that sense Um. yeah speaking of boone as you mentioned earlier there was another thing that took place at the game awards there were a few announcements and in my opinion ed boone had the best announcement mainly because it was the pomp and circumstance of how he did it fucking mortal kombat 11 Man, as soon as soon as I saw him on stage, I knew something was up. I, I just, I just, oh my god, I, I, I kind of still didn't see it coming because I was like, okay, he's gonna present an award. He won't. He's going he to present an award. They wouldn't interrupt a sports and racing game award for Mortal Kombat thing. I, Come on, I kind of feel a little <laughs> bad for the nominees in that. I know. Section. I was like, oh, it's like, oh, you did not even dirty. important. <laughs> I mean, not not to me but <laughs> poor forza man poor forza for sure on that shit he may have had to ask these people <laughs> like offside like hey do you mind if i announce a game before we announce who wins this? they were probably like oh, okay yeah <laughs> i mean that's the only way like otherwise he stepped on some toes i mean not that they're even in the same competition really yeah. but I mean, at that point, I think he has, like, the seniority where he's just like, I can kind of do whatever I want to do and get away with it. Um, yeah. Just pretty fucking insane. I was, and, like, it looks, I mean, that was definitely, like, not in-game footage, but uh, it definitely looks like it's going to be, you know, gen- it's not generic. It's, it looks like it's going to be another awesome Mortal Kombat game. Um, and hopefully they can... They can bring it home. I really like the story of um, the one, not Mortal Kombat X, but the one before that. Um, because Mortal it was... Kombat 9, but that's yeah. not its title. It's just titled Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah I really like the story because it was a Shao Kahn, and it was like, I don't know. I like the story of Shao Kahn because I grew up, and when I watched the movie, that was the bad guy. No, actually, he wasn't even in, the, he wasn't even in that one. I don't know. I just enjoyed the story that way instead of um, what they did for the last one with... I, I don't even remember the bad guy's name. Anybody remember the bad guy's name from Mortal Kombat 10? Or X? I'm not, sure. I'm not a huge 
Mortal Kombat <clears throat> fan in the sense that yeah, I've played a couple of them, like the original ones. But uh, are you talking uh, about Mortal Kombat X or Mortal Kombat Nine? Mortal Kombat X. What was the bad guy's name? I don't think I ever completed the story on that one. But the bad guy was definitely in it. Shit, I forgot. It's been a while. Yeah, see, it, I Shao Kahn, very memorable. Whatever the fuck that guy's name was, exactly. Case in point. Yeah, just pretty, pretty bland. It was a pretty bland bad guy. I mean, he could suck the souls out of people, but it didn't really do much. So... Uh, what else got announced at the Game Awards? Let's see. I think it was... Um, well, I did lose my shit when they announced Joker from Persona 5 was coming to Smash. Like, that was... Like, uh, it, it just makes so much sense why he would appear in Smash, but absolutely no one saw it coming because... Persona is a is a series uh, JRPG that has not appeared in any uh, Nintendo console, so the president wasn't there for it to occur. And right. then when that happened, I was like, "Oh my god, it makes sense! You have the ideal art style; it meshes well with Smash." And then you realize, "Well, shit! The user interface of of the new Smash uh, Ultimate." looks almost exactly like the art style of Persona. It's like, wow. It just works so wonderfully. And, and for someone who... Everyone never... fucking lost their shit that night. That was... Not, not, not to discount Mortal Kombat 11, but I feel like that was the biggest announcement of the night. I feel like that one got the... the the more, you know, like, holy pop. shit. Bigger pop. Right. It just has that pop. Mortal Kombat was like, it's predictable, but it's cool. This was completely out of this world. And for someone who's never, like, even... Well, I don't know if you've even heard of Persona, Nick, but um, it's not Batman Joker. <laughs> just, to, just to put that forward. Uh, Persona's like a... Yeah, it's like you said, JRPG game. Um, and there's a main character, and I think his name is Joker. So, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's the <laughs> alias he uses when he enters the metaverse. Uh, so was there anything else memorable that happened at the Game Awards? I'm trying to think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, it was just this past day. Uh, Bioware teased Dragon Age Four. Ah, yes, but they did not give it an official title. It was just the hashtag, the Dreadwolf Rises. And for those who have played Inquisition and the DLC Trespasser, which was the final DLC for that game. It implies that Solas, the the elf that joins you early on in Inquisition, right. he's going to become the antagonist for the next game. He's going to set forth events that will bring ruin. Um, and and just very subtle hints about the Tevinter Imperium playing a major role in the in the following game. Um, I don't like how they did the teaser because. It is very evident that they didn't really have the courage to say it was Dragon Age 4 or Dragon Age a subtitle. This game is years away. I'm talking at the very minimum three years away. And I think this was more of a concession to the more hardcore Bioware fans who are like not remotely interested in, in Anthem. Uh, this is more like, hey... 
the old Bioware that you know is still here, but we have to release Anthem, and then in a few years, Dragon Age 4 will be here for you guys. Yeah, please love us still, right? We didn't totally fuck up, right? Uh, guys? I And I'm excited for the next, I mean, I'm not excited. Let me put this at a scale of one to 10 excitement. I'm at level two excitement being like, okay, that's cool for the next Dragon Age. Because I liked Inquisition a lot. I liked it. It was returned form in comparison to the shitty, shitty Dragon Age 2. Um, Inquisition was pretty fun. um, Personally, I think Inquisition has aged badly. Um... It still has its merits, but I look back at Dragon Age 2, and even though that was a terrible game by all accounts, I feel like the concept of Dragon Age 2 was just more adventurous, more, you know, like, hey, let's do something entirely different. And the concept in itself was just more interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, the concept is great. I mean, I like the whole um, Karani storyline, like, that whole thing was great. I liked it in the moment. However, there was there could have been could have been way more developed as a game in comparison to Wait, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it it was basically rushed. They had like a 18 month developer development cycle. It it just had no time to breathe and actually, you know, craft it into the game that it deserved. Yeah. <sighs> what could have been? All right. So what else uh what else did we have in the game awards? Is that about it? Um a lot of uh indie games had their spotlights. Oh, yeah, that's right. one Celeste. best independent game. That is a phenomenal game. It is exceptionally good in its platforming and its portrayal of mental illness is very genuine. Um, Dead Cells won Best Action Game, Damn which, right. I was, which I was rooting for. Um, Dead Cells deserves it. That it's basically your standard Metroidvania, but it's a roguelike, so you're going to die a lot, and you're going to keep repeating the same environments, but with new tools, and you know each playthrough is going to seem different than your last. Um, it's just well done. And yeah. then for best art direction, Return of the Obra Din, which deserves that award just by looking at you know screenshots or gameplay, just its distinct black and white art style is fascinating to me. Is that on the PS4? No, it's only a PC only game. Okay, it I was going to say creators of uh, Papers Please. If you've ever played that, I have. That was fun. Yes, yeah, it's from the same guy. Oh, was that was that Nick? You were gonna say something? Oh no, I'm just saying I I played Papers Please. It's a pretty good one. So if, yeah, if it's the same guy that's rolling that, it's very well that he deserved. It's way more artistic though. I think you would absolutely love it as someone, an artist. Like yeah. my God, it's like it looks like it's like a pen, like a pen, 
pen drawn or something like that like very yeah i've seen a lot from it um it's just because of finishing up my last semester and stuff i i have been so behind on games that i want to play and stuff so it's been getting the you know like the triple a titles and stuff in there yeah i can we should probably definitely try to finish you, you should definitely finish red dead redemption uh before you go back because that game oh yes oh well now that i'm done i mean i'm i'm done i'm done with school so um oh you wait you graduated yeah. congratulations yeah um i finished that out so um very nice so yeah now i have a lot more free time in the sense from you know working and stuff that i can i'm able to hop back into looking at all of the games that interest me so well fantastic didn't even know that all right um what else happened at the game awards the beginning hmm i think that wraps it up that should be about it yeah yeah we spent about you know 35 40 minutes talking about that now we go from good news to you've been served. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Fallout 76% off. Um, Garbage. What? Garbage. So, yeah, I mean, Nick here is the long-term uh, reigning defending champion of the Fallout series, and this he just threw the championship out the window and shat on it while he did so. Um, Sorry to be so crude, but that's exactly how I feel no, about that's, that's game. actually pretty no. befitting. I would have given it worse words, but yeah. Okay. Well, there's children listening, so you know. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I fucking hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but please, please, we need we yes. Um Yeah, Fallout 76. So where do we start? Where should we start? At the beginning, I guess. Almost heaven, West Virginia? No, no, no. We're going straight to hell. Do we just start um, talking about the bait and switch tactics that they started with? Like, can we start there? Yeah, let's start there. So, of course, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about the whole, like, bread and cookie things for game companies as far as, like, this is their, you know, their baby. They've worked. They've molded it into this pretty money-hungry machine. Um, and of course, when they announced Fallout 76, you know, the, the hype train was in full speed after that announcement. Todd Howard was, you know, like a god, essentially. But then afterwards, I think they really dropped the ball of, as far as giving out information to a lot of questions that a lot of people had. Um, and it just continued. They, you know, I I don't even know if you could really call it a beta that they that they did, which was like a series of tests, more or less, to see how broken the game could get. Which that's what they kind of um, sent out for the you know for the gold release edition of it. Um, but yeah, like I said, I could I could thrash and trash this to till the cows come home but I, I really feel like it was a bait and switch on bethesda's part which is something that i would never have thought to see from them in the sense you were like a brother to me todd you were the yeah. chosen one <laughs> pretty much <laughs> yeah uh pretty fucking uh 
bad game there in regards to like and then it wasn't just the digital realm that they fucked up in they fucked up in the uh well the canvas bags um how do i how do i how do i describe the like a summer's day the canvas bag debacle um they sent the bags with the was it the ultimate edition for the it's game the, the, the power armor yeah, the, the power armor edition ah yes you were supposed to get a canvas bag that you could stow your their uh, power armor helmet in and when people got the edition on release day and stuff they found that it wasn't a true authentic canvas bag but uh, like a shitty made nylon nylon bag <laughs> and it just was like everybody was like i paid this much for like literal crap and people had a huge smear campaign i thought it was a train set <laughs> seriously <laughs> yeah I mean, there was a legitimate lawsuit that was going to be filed against them, and they had to act swiftly in regards to the canvas bag situation because that was that was false advertisement right there. Yeah, yeah. Which they... then led to the uh, second problem of you know having to give the individuals their canvas bags, but in order to do that, they had to submit their personal info and submit a ticket to their support website. Which turns out was also shit. Um, yeah. And people's home addresses and phone numbers were leaked to each other. Uh, the the actual like server or how they had their support system set up made it to where when you submitted your ticket, you could actually like masquerade as a representative, and so you were able to like enter the chat. And be like, oh hey, uh, yeah, this isn't supposed to happen. Wow. I think I didn't know about that. Yeah, That's fucking it, horrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Like they're like uh, whoever on the on Bethesda side, as far as who's running the operations is for this like whole little chunk that they're going through right now has totally just dropped the ball, and I'm surprised that they even still have a proof of job. Um, it's like like I said, like playing Fallout since like when it was on like PC back in the day, like really old school. Um, and then playing countless hours of Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, and of course Fallout 4, which just, it, which is surprising because you have Fallout 6 or Fallout 76 out there right now running and they're still sending updates to Fallout 4 with new material, new missions and stuff that are behind their creation club uh, paywall, but people are actually buying more of that than they are anything with Fallout 76 because of the just the level of just crappiness that the game has become in a few short weeks of it being out. If you feed a pig money, it's still going to shit out the money. <laughs> Essentially. And therefore, it's 76. Uh, and, then, and then, of course, the reason it's called Fallout 76% off, as I like to put it, is because when it... Was it Black Friday deal, or was it a PlayStation deal, or some shit? Regardless, it dropped in price like a cannonball in water. Um, and so, you know, we purchased it, or me, myself and Steven purchased it. I purchased it. Okay, I purchased <clears throat> it. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't put me into that. 
don't put you into that. Okay, but no. who said maybe first, we should refund it? First, maybe before first. we play it. I said we should probably refund it. Okay, oh, uh, no, you did not. I yes, said that I first. No, no, you didn't. Don't, no need don't to have an argument. It. That's such bullshit. Okay. I just have to say that your track record we for both purchasing we both said broken this. games is astonishing. We you agreed upon this beforehand. Guy. So here, here's the here's the funny thing. I have a lot of feedback on this game and stuff, but thankfully I was one of the ones that didn't buy it. I saw the epic shitstorm that was. You watched the nuke from hit. space. And <laughs> I just knew I was like, it, and a, a buddy of mine, uh, my buddy Bo, he he bought it and he asked if I got it, and I said no. How is it? And he's like, it's basically Fallout for like an online mod for it there's really nothing <laughs> new in it except for like the you know the scenery and some of the like enemies that you fight but he's like it is so buggy and so glitchy that he's like i can't like he couldn't even function it to the point of getting out of the vault and being able to do just the basic of tasks like that's how broke it was that's just just insanity to me and that's why mm. I've always been kind of a proponent of to just keep Fallout single player. Do not incorporate a multiplayer experience into it because it will not work, in in my opinion. Yeah. I kind of disagree a little bit with that notion. Um, if you change too much of it, it probably won't be the same fallout. But like the the initial premise when uh, Todd Howard was on stage, he like ex exclaimed something about, "Oh, there won't be any you know AI NPCs that you can interact with. These will be real life players," and he made it seem like you'll be able to take on a specific role within that world. Like you can maybe be a merchant, perhaps you could be a bounty hunter. Maybe you could, like, you know, sort of, like, you know, be a scavenger where you could harvest, like, rare materials and create power armor. And, you know, like, he made it seem like the player can embody the role of an NPC. The problem with Fallout 76 by design is that they give you no tools to sort of, you know, create that environment where you can go crazy with how do you want to role play in that world yeah and i feel like they misled a lot of people when they when they made that statement where you know essentially what fallout 76 boils down to is it's a fallout 4 online mod that has clunky combat that is you know streamlined to the point where it's no longer bats the story is non-existent. Audio logs galore with, like, boring exposition. It, it feels lifeless the way that it shouldn't Yeah. as a result. Yeah, like, I, I heard a thing where most of it, if there is a story, um, most of it is either through, like, audio logs that you find or, like, text-based through computers which give you like little journal entries to what you're doing um but somebody was like by like the fifth one of those doing that like you get so lost in what you're trying to follow along as a story that 
there's just no comprehension of it, like, past the fifth or sixth one, because you're so immersed in trying to just d- do something without dying. Yeah. Fucking. And that's like, and that's like the thing, because there was this one intriguing little side story that you encounter early on, where you sign up for the volunteer program uh, by the church. I forgot what the town was called. Um, but you sign up and then you go into like this kitchen area and there's a fridge that's basically locked. And if you have a lock pick or a, 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 a bobby pin, uh, you could unlock it and then you see a corpse with an audio log. And then you hear him and he is pleading for help or, or rather he's not pleading for help. He is being attacked by probably, you know, some those green robbers things. or thugs or like some creatures, right? Right. And he's trying to plead with them, you know, oh, hey, I have a personal stash out in the woods that if I tell you the location, will you let me go? And then he like blurts out the location. He, he sort of gives you directions. Uh, basically, if you go to the church, go to the right side of the graveyard, you're going to pass the river, you're going to go up the hill a little bit, and there's going to be a broken down tree log up that's, that's standing. And within that tree log will be my stash. And so that to me was very interesting and sort of promoted exploration. I feel like if more of the audio logs promoted that type of like, oh, hey, these are like little threads of like, hey, if I follow this path, I'm going to, you know, basically accumulate more resources so that it can help with the journey that I'm on. And I feel like if it had more of that, then I don't think it would be that much of a bore in comparison to the rest. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Totally. With that one. Like, I think, yeah, kind of like what, and we'll be bringing this, I'll be bringing this up because I'm just a huge fan of it, but kind of like how you get um, very few clues to a treasure in Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, it'll show you draw a drawing of a key. No, it'll show you uh, it'll show you a drawing of, like, an area that you may recognize, like, I don't know, Face Rock, for example. Uh, the three, the triple stack mountains. It's like, I've passed that. I've seen that before. Then it kind of makes you jog your memory. It's like, where the fuck is that? And, like, it won't be on the map, but you can see, like, you can see like mountains, like if you zoom in on the map close enough, you can see like where it's kind of like a top top topographical map, and it'll show you like how high like the mountains are if you look at it closely. So it's like okay, that's where those three mountains are. I can go there, and then you get there and you look at the map again, taking you on a journey outside of what you thought the game would be, which is what I always look for. Yeah. Um... And, and don't get me wrong, there are a lot of people that I have talked to, some of my friends, that they like Fallout 76. Um, I think, again, kind of like, kind of goes with the whole concept that things on paper sound, like, tremendous, but when you put them out into a real-world scenario, it doesn't really work, necessarily. And I think this is kind of one of the cases where, in the, the hype buildup of it, Everybody was like, oh, this is going to be Fallout 4, but I can play it with my friends. And it's there, but, I mean, it, a good case in point, the, they just released a 
bug fix today, I believe. I think it's like its third one, and it's going to be the last one for this year. And evidently, it's made the game less friendly, and it's actually created more problems than actually solved um, bugs that they were planning to fix. And so people are now really concerned in the sense of like, okay, well, what are they going to have planned for 2019 if this thing doesn't, you know, last for the rest of the month? Didn't they um, realize that you can't kill roaches with a nuke? They <laughs> so, evidently they didn't like try to kill those bugs. They didn't realize that when you dropped a nuke that it was going to crash their server um to the point where it like created the made the game like inoperable. Um <laughs> and I guess somebody like fried a server on their end where they launched multiple nukes into the same area of the map. They lobbed like seven nukes, uh like a group of people. They had launch codes for like different silos and it like crapped out the game so hard that people that were just trying to log into the game could not. Um so yeah, there are a lot of freaking problems uh, with it and it doesn't look like it's getting it's going to be getting better anytime soon. Pure nightmare fuel. Pure nightmare fuel. Well, I also heard a rumor too that if it doesn't get better, that it may go straight to free to play. <laughs> what about us, Todd? You fuck. Yeah. Like, a free copy of Skyrim for the PlayStation Four. <laughs> so, you better, you better hope Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six doesn't. You know. I can at least look forward to the, at least look forward to Elder Scrolls Six because it won't have multiplayer. I fucking hope. I have a genuine question for both of you because you guys are larger Bethesda fans than I am. But does this at all give you any reservation about their future release? I'm still excited for Elder Scrolls, uh, Elder Scrolls Six. However, I I am I am walking on eggshells or something to that effect in regards to being oh so hyped for it as I was. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of on the fence in the sense that okay, Fallout seventy six not that great of an accomplishment it's a failure if they learn from the mistake like anybody should learn from failure um this won't happen with any other uh releases that they try to do however if they try to incorporate new things into things that are broken i really do think that bethesda will be on the like short list for being on the way out as far as if they mess with Elder Scrolls 6 the, the fan base that is behind Elder Scrolls versus the fan base that is behind Fallout is like astronomical and that would be in a, like a Fallout event no pun intended there um, that would I think utterly destroy the company not happy I will not be very happy at all that is that is what the Elder Scrolls is what brought me to love Bethesda. Like I started with Oblivion, and then I went yeah. into I went into you know Skyrim. I was like, yes, this is awesome. I you know it's different, but I like it a lot. Bought it on PC. I upgraded my PC just so I could play Skyrim, and then 
um, you know, I love Fallout, and then I got introduced to Fallout Three and Fallout Seventy Six. I played more of Seventy Six, ironically, um, and then Fallout Four. I really liked. So I, they were on a good track record. If w- this game can besmirch everything, it I wouldn't say it takes away from any of those games and their great track record that they had. It does worry me for the future. However, I feel like they hopefully can bring it back to form. I wanted to bring context because the reason I bring it up is um, Fallout 76 was primarily developed by, I think, their San Antonio studio somewhere in Texas. I I, I don't recall the, the city. Um, yeah. Yeah, Dallas or somewhere around there. Um, and they had a original IP that they were working on. I think it was called Battle Cry. It was supposed to be like a team shooter, class-based game like Overwatch, but that didn't work out. And so they they delegated like their expertise in multiplayer to create Fallout seventy six, and then eventually. It didn't seem like things were going smoothly, and then they had to basically outsource a lot of their work to the majority of all the Bethesda-owned studios. So Fallout 76, for all accounts, started as... It started in Texas, but it gradually became an international project. And the scope of Fallout 76 is large, but the quality assurance in that game is so terrible that I really do have to question how are they going to approach Starfield and the Elder Scrolls Six? Did they have to go large scale because it was multiplayer or did they have to go large scale because they just wanted to make it as big as possible when it came to like the map and the content that honestly is pretty, you know, paltry just to, to say the least. Yeah, I, I hope uh, that like, whatever they do, they just need to fix their shit. And I really hope it's probably, they probably went so big because they wanted to make, like, there's not much to do in the fucking world. I mean, yeah, stuff are kind of close together and there's enemies to shoot. But I found there was not much to do in the world in regards to having it being interesting, which or like mysterious at all, like, ironically. Uh, when I first played No Man's Sky, at least it was mysterious. And then it revealed to be, oh, this is fucking boring. <laughs> like, but then you get into Fallout, you're like, I know what's co- what I get, got coming. Oh, this is worse than what I th- expected. There's a, there's a bar, bar set. Not that there wasn't one for No Man's Sky, but say lovely. Yeah, I just misspoke on that. Uh, it was so it's Bethesda's main studio, and then Bethesda uh, game studio Austin that Austin uh, Austin uh, the game. If it was now, here's the thing. I remember a lot of people concerned about it was for the short-lived Bethesda uh, Dallas location was supposed to do that, and that's Zenimax. They're the ones that uh, fronted the Fallout New Vegas. Uh, campaign, the game, everything, marketing.
Fallout 76 would have been in Xenomax hands as far as if it would be something that is worth playing um, because Austin is the new the brand new uh, sub building of the main office branch hmm interesting well I hope that whatever they do they fix whatever fucking problems they had with this game. I know it's a multiplayer game. It's their first venture. It's like their, it's like their experimental stage in college. Um, let's let's bring it back to form, please, Bethesda. Please, we need you to bring this back to form for us. I think we bitched long enough for Fallout seventy six. Is there anything else you guys want to bring up about Fallout seventy six that I may have missed? We have may have not talked about yet. Uh, again, just a simple question slash request for prediction. But do you see Fallout seventy six existing within a year? Existing in terms of like in terms of like post launch support. Mm, I feel like it's going to be around, but it's going to have a very niche market as far as the amount of people that play it. Yeah, I, I don't. I feel it's, like it, it's going to take kind of the the No Man's Sky approach where it's going to take two and a half years before it actually comes to what the game should have been. Yeah, and by that point, everyone will be dust. Um, yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna really like it's not gonna matter. In, in two years, there, no one will want to play it. Or, they will pull something so insane so lucrative, which is almost impossible, that people will want to really play it like a lot. But I don't know what the fuck that would have to be. Probably, probably, they'd probably have to throw money at us. Be like, hey, if you guys go find this one Easter egg in the game, you get a million dollars. Like some crazy shit. But that's 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 pipe dream bullshit. But no, realistically, no, it will not. I see them. Still supporting it, but I don't see it being popular. Personally, I think they're gonna remake it, remodel it into a Skyrim Online hybrid. I mean, <laughs> they have the Dragon model already in game. I mean, just Elder Scrolls Online 2.0. No, just, just Skyrim Online. You start the game, and then it shows you getting yeah. a cart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just, just give everybody a Dragonor uh, uh, battle axe for Fallout 4. Ragnarok. Yeah. Uh, Fallout 70 could have been, and you highly disappointed us about. Well, I think, yeah, I, I think Fallout 76 is like the second biggest blunder of this generation. What's the first? No Man's the Sky? Xbox One. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Xbox One. Yeah, it's emphasis on Connect, online c- connectivity when players weren't ready for that. It was too too far thinking for what the market wanted at the time and that pretty much you know killed microsoft's chances at retaining its market position i would say it's the it's yeah and the third biggest blunder would be no man's sky because i mean at least they didn't fucking leak people's information right no lawsuit no big lawsuits really did they have a lawsuit i don't know i feel i mean i feel with that game too like most games like if if you're know that it's going to be a rough launch like you know um 
what's the word that I'm looking for? You know, postpone the launch. Like, I mean, I would have been fine with Fallout 76 postponing, like, if they would have known that, yeah, this isn't looking too good, like, you know, and, like, we'll keep releasing updates for Fallout 4 and stuff like that, giving free content out there and mm -hmm. stuff, I think, would have been a good route to go. Um, mm. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, 2018's almost out. 2019's almost here, so see what happens. Yeah. Well, let's get this bad taste out of my mouth. Um, let's talk Cowboys. Uh, so, we're going to talk a little bit about... Um, we already have talked about a little bit of Red, about Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, and I think it is by far one of the best games I've ever played, hands down. Um, where should we start, Stephen, in regards to like the story? Should we talk about online? Where well, do you think? I, I think we should really just focus on the gameplay aspects of the single player, and we touch on online since Nick here hasn't is not far in the story at all. Um, so yeah. we should avoid spoilers in that regard. Yeah, I agree. Um, so. Yeah, I mean Arthur Morgan as a character is is very like you said in the beginning like they start you off the snow. So the entry is like obviously I don't know, spaghetti western-esque 100% of the way through the game. So it's like, you know, you go through the snow, you have this other gang hunting you, you're being hunted by lawmen. What a what a great opening scene. Kind of reminded me of um not the outlaw version, but uh, the Hateful Eight, where they start off in the snow, and then they see Samuel L. Jackson, and it's just that whole dynamic in the snow is just a great way to start the story. And it kind of gets you used to being slow as Arthur Morgan, because walking in the snow is slow already. So once you get out of the snow, it's like, okay, now he's looking a little bit faster. It just gives you a, a nice taste palette for, for what you're in for for the rest of the game. I feel like those that were put off by that intro probably didn't like the rest of the game. That pretty much set the pacing uh, for the most part. I mean, the the story does pick up towards like chapter three and four, but the majority of the game is very methodical, very slow, and... I mean, it's it, it's a type of game that you rarely see. Most of the time you see, like, developers try and hammer the point of you need to have very brisk pacing. You need to have the story flow well and have it be intense and keep the players engaged. This is... Red Dead 2 is not a game designed for people who really don't have a long attention span for this type of thing. Yeah, I mean, by far, like, one of the best parts, I think, is, like, the hunting. It, it, like, you have to have a fucking attention span to hunt and or fish for the legendary fish, especially. Like, you'll be sitting there, and you, you'll have the right stuff. If you have, like, if you have the right stuff, it'll come quicker. But, like, just working to get that fucking fish, especially if it bites and your reels way the fuck out there. It's like, goddamn, now I have to reel this bitch in and hopefully it doesn't bite off the the lure. It's like the things that make it seem so immersive are definitely the best parts of the game. 
at like hunting. Oh, I love hunting. Yeah, I feel the the little details and subtle nuances of the game uh, really bring out the best of it. Like going into just like a general store and being able to look at everything on the shelves and stuff and you can buy individual items where it's not so much a like, you know, oh, go to the, you know, the store clerk and just look at a menu. Um, and the way that they set up the menu too, like through the catalogs and stuff for like purchasing weapons and stuff like that, um, I thought was really good to the time uh, period that they're trying to convey to us, which is the end of the Old West era and the advancement into the like industrial age of the early uh, 1900s in America, which I thought was really cool. So you have those Old West cowboy weapons and clothing and stuff like that, but then you also have the new advancements with like bolt-action rifles, um, some of the pistols, and some of the clothing too, which is I thought pretty cool. Yeah. I think... uh definitely with um even like regards to like i mean before i played red dead redemption 2 i was playing uh breath of the wild for the first time and like i loved in breath of the wild how if you're in a desert region you better have the right clothing on otherwise you're gonna your health might be your your health will go down same thing for this game except for it's not really your health bar it's more of your 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 core right so you're not going to die from the heat exhaust, like being super cold or being super hot, but you will, you won't be as strong. You won't be able to withstand as much. Like, yeah. a, you know, you might be able to survive a cougar attack if you have the right clothing on, but a cougar comes after you and you're wearing shorts and a t-shirt up in the mountains, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no chance. You yeah. can also see like the the type of restraint Rockstar commits to in regards to its survival mechanics, like the core system of like okay, you could cook food so that you can have dinner or whatever, and that will restore your cores depending on what type of food you uh, cooked. And ultimately, even if your cores are like drained or like in the red whether it be in health, stamina, or Deadeye, um, it didn't really affect too much your gameplay options. It just made it more of like, okay, now if I go and encounter a gunfight with some, you know, with some other gang members, right? And I get shot and my hardcore is in the red because I didn't eat or because I, I wasn't prepped with the right tonics, um, my health recovery is going to be non-existent. And so they could have done it to where, oh, if your hardcore is red, you're actually going to have your, your, your health drain away, like, you know, being siphoned off. But like they didn't do that. Out. They, like, really... They really restrained themselves with the survival mechanics because eventually I would imagine they were like, you know what? This might be too frustrating for the player and it would break the pacing of combat too much. Um, so it's really interesting to see what their what their mindset was when it came to like 
let's implement survival elements, but let's just take it easy with it. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, they want to make it somewhat approachable for someone who's not necessarily a hardcore gamer like us. I feel like, I feel like if they would have done that, yes, it would have been interesting to us, but maybe not the someone who is just playing this game as their first game that they're gonna like, like open world cowboy, you know, something like that. Like again, you said the frustration aspect of the thing. Yeah. Right. My, I think probably as far as like as far as long, uh, along as I am in the game, um, the one thing that I would have a gripe with is the aiming mechanic is a little funky for me. I didn't really care for the aiming mechanic in GTA V that much, and um, it's similar to that in this one as far as like uh, it's really difficult with some of the weapons to to get an accurate hit while you're on a horse um and i was talking to you matt about this the other day yeah. like with the double barrel shotgun like i feel like i just empty shotgun shells um trying to hit somebody off of a wagon versus but how close were you to them ground. uh fairly close like hmm probably like enough to where it could activate it to like jump onto the wagon or i'd be right oh wow the wagon. and nothing no, nothing worked to kill this person that's interesting yeah or like i would get like one of the hits like where it gives it like you know damage or it knocks them you know a little bit off but like it doesn't completely kill them um, hmm. and so like little things like that um doesn't really put a negative impact on the game it just kind of you know like annoying per se but so far i am like you said the hunting it, uh, mechanics in the game is absolutely epic i love being able to set up a camp somewhere and just going off and hunting tons of animals and doing all the little side missions and stuff yeah what mission are you on currently do you happen to know um let me see if i can remember the last mission that i completed was the one where you go after, you have to find uh, the reverend. He's like drunk mm, at a the train game. mission. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, uh, he gets his foot stuck in the bridge, and you gotta rescue him from getting splattered by a train. Yeah, that's a really good one. Just wait till you do the Micah mission in Strawberry. It's a very uh, interesting that's mission. The- that's the one where I'm getting ready to go to. I just completed. Oh, yes. Um, you should de- definitely do that one. I completed the whole uh, Night on the Town uh, mission. Lenny! With, with Lenny, which I really like that and how it, like, progressed through the night um, to the point where, like, you're drunkenly stumbling around trying to find Lenny and, like, the words. And everyone is Lenny. <laughs> yeah, and, like, even the words, like, when, a, like, a button activation comes up, it says his name, but it's all spelled, like, backwards or like (laughs) that was like that's pretty impressive like the attention to detail on that is what i look for in games like that so yeah it's got to be one of my favorite favorite missions the entire game yeah having having fun with it definitely makes it easier if probably as a as a game it's like oh they're willing to you know make fun of what the fuck's going on right now of course yeah like i like that about when Game developers. Whoa. 
I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time hearing you. You gotta speak up. I think you have to get closer to your laptop. Okay, weird. Right. Well, yeah, the Lenny, the Lenny mission is definitely good. You're probably learn to uh, learn a lot about Micah in the next mission that you do. Um. Yeah, Micah. What to say about Micah? We can't say much about Micah, can we, Stephen? No, <laughs> just just leave it be. I mean, his character. I mean, it's a beautiful character. I'm, I mean, it depends. Depends, though. It's a beautiful character for what he was supposed to be. I think he did his... The, whoever did the job of voice acting definitely uh, did a great job in making you uh, feel a certain way about a character. To the point of uh, no return. Um, yeah, such a goddamn good game. Uh, what else could we talk about here? I think I believe um, regards to like the the point of the story he's in, we can't really talk about too much. I think, in my opinion, what's your, your my favorite chapter has to be chapter three at the end. Of chapter three, that's like a great moment right there. Um, yeah, yes, uh, the climax of chapter three is where the game peaks. Um, However, my favorite moment, which we will come back to... Is it, um, is it the moment with the nun? No. I mean, oh. that is one, but that's not my favorite moment in the entire game. It occurs early on in Chapter 4, and it's not a cutscene. It's just something that you kind of stumble upon after a certain event occurs. And that moment really stuck with me for the entire game. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm trying to be as vague as possible for what? obvious reasons. Who, but is there a specific character that's part of it? So you save someone, right? Uh, you bring a certain person back who was kidnapped, right? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And then you go back to camp and there's a celebration. Yes, 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 yes. I know exactly that moment. Talking. That was my favorite moment in the entire game. Okay. Um, With the rejoining of uh, all of these characters. Right. Okay. But more so the celebration and what transpires in that celebration. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, to me, the, the, the narrative peaks in Chapter 3. Chapter 4 is a nice foil to Chapter 3. I, I feel like they're too intertwined. Um, and that's, to me, those two chapters are the glue that holds the narrative uh, from the first half to the second half, obviously, but just thematically, the the intensity of what transpires at the end of chapter four. I mean... Is the robbery at the end of chapter four or is it at the end of chapter f yeah it's at the it end is, of chapter four yes it's at the end of chapter okay. four that's right um, yeah okay i'm keeping it slightly vague 
Um, so it's not really spoilerish. I mean, there's definitely robberies in the game. You've seen the trailers. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now I'm starting to remember. And then chapter five takes a complete left turn. <laughs> and it was interesting change of pace, but it was looking back on it. It wasn't, I mean, it, it didn't really, I mean, you're going to have one, one side is, oh, I enjoyed it. It was a nice change of pace. You have the second side that was like, okay, this, this is completely like not relevant to what's going it's, on. Now. It, it, it's relevant in, in the sense that it's trying to tell you a message about a certain character and it sort of develops that character even more. The problem is that it's so disconnected from everything else that it feels like a sidetrack and it can maybe break the pacing of the main narrative. Right. Um, I err on the side of like, I feel it was necessary and it was short enough to where it didn't become too much of a problem. Mm -hmm. um, it was only like a total of like, probably like seven, eight missions that chapter five had. Chapter 5 was, like, the second shortest chapter in the entire game. Um, it didn't overstay its welcome at all. Yeah. Um, and then the, magna, the, the magnum opus of Chapter 6 and the <sighs> further chapters, as we will call them. The epilogue, if you will. Um, just great. All great. Fantastic. Um, yeah. I think chapter six runs too long. There's a certain subplot that occurs near the end um, that ties back to the, the character that I was talking about that needed that development in chapter five. Um, I I feel like chapter six needed more cuts, more... This is where the fault of the gameplay comes in in chapter six in full force because eventually the mission design of Red Dead Redemption becomes too repetitive at the back end of chapter six. Yeah. And I think I, we're, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that we're talking about Dutch. I, I, I'm talking, um, I'm talking mostly about like the shootout. It's shootout after shootout after shootout after shootout. Yeah. There's it's almost to like a no, there's no sense of ebb and flow when it comes to the mission design and it starts to get really repetitive. There was a point near the end of chapter six uh, where I was like, okay, this is starting to get a bit redundant with the shootouts um, and the sort of needless violence, if you will. Yeah. Which is kind of strange uh... for me to say about a Western where violence, you know, is, is the mantra. But I'm, I'm talking about like, the sort of mission design where it's like, okay, there are enemies that pop up. Now you now it becomes a shooting gallery. And you repeat that for like numerous missions. And whereas if you look back like in chapter two or chapter three, where you were doing a variety of different things mm -hmm. within missions. The pacing was impeccable for the most part. And chapter six is again, it is the most impactful chapter because it is sort of like the ending but at the same time it feels like it's trying to like push everything towards that moment where it's like okay we really need to just amplify everything and it kind of like it kind of becomes a disconnect with the more slow and methodical nature of the rest of the game and yeah. i feel like chapter six suffers because of that 
I think it really hits home when it uh, you get. I'm gonna be vague. The part where you have to blow up some trees. All right. Yeah, that's the part where it's like, okay, what's going on? And then the part with the. I'm gonna to refer to him as Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> Birdman oh, and his whole uh, tirade. <laughs> Is um, Michael Keaton in the game? Is that where you were? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was like, wait a minute. I'm Batman. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um... <laughs> no, it's Harvey Birdman. Uh... Now, if Michael Keaton was in the game, I think Red Dead could have won Game of the Year. <laughs> he, he voices Arthur Morgan. <laughs> Lo and behold, it wins Oscar. I'm afraid. Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I look forward to uh, what what you're going to experience, Nick, um, in Red Dead Redemption 2. Make sure, I, I mean, I did a playthrough. I did everything. You probably should try to do as much as possible in regards to story, like side missions. Um, yeah, definitely take your time with it. Don't rush it. Um, you definitely want to experience as much as you can. Um, and, you know, just... Just go out and, and explore. Do what you want to do. Um, and I, I feel like the game is better if you sort of like just take your time with it in comparison to me because I was afraid of spoilers because to me, I am a spoiler not when it comes to like, okay, something big comes out. Uh, it's very challenging for me to sort of like fend off internet, you know, spoilers since I'm since we're all connected in some capacity and I, I i like rushed that game i beat it like on the third day or so and i missed out on a good amount of side content as a result so, and so I mean, steven decided to then do a secondary playthrough which he has not gotten super far in actually i'm pretty far i'm uh, uh i'm at the beginning of chapter four, four? But, chapter four yeah chapter four hmm. yeah I'm interesting my time with it um I'm following the story, but I'm also like, you know, when I see like a side mission, I go and do that stuff. Um, and uh, this, it's the type of game that I like to take my time with. Like Skyrim was the same way. I know a lot of people that um, like rushed through that to get the story down and stuff before spoilers and that kind of stuff. But like, um, I, I took my time with Skyrim. Too. Like I did all the side missions along the story and stuff, so yeah. Nice. And I would also recommend to you probably one of the most important things about the game. You should probably do what you want to do, but in the end, you should probably pick dark or light as a path. What do you okay. think is that recommendation, Stephen? Do you think that's a good recommendation for him? He should either be white hat or black hat in the end. Um, it depends. The ending doesn't substantially change. No, it doesn't. It, 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 it's only the context in which a certain event occurs that changes slightly. Um, it really depends on how he wants to play. Um, at the end of the day, I see this as a redemption story for Arthur. And I feel like white hat fits more appropriately. I went black hat, and while I do think that the white hat playthrough just fits Arthur more, uh, 
there's a certain satisfaction you get with the black hat playthrough at the very end that you don't get with the white hat and it's yeah i i can't really explain further because yeah Hmm. yeah because i'm like right now my little bar is like pushing into the like the good side of things um i've had a bounty on my head a couple of times so far so it's brought it back down towards the middle but um, yeah I've tended to do like more of the good Samaritan stuff and going and like robbing absolutely everything that I possibly can hmm okay yeah, I mean, I you got you got to do what you got to do. That's where you st- certainly and uh, find yourself being happier in regards to because Stephen and I had a thing where he like he forced himself to go black hat and I forced myself to go white hat just to see how it differ. Uh, um, and so I think yeah, you also missed out on a couple of side quests by not or stranger missions as they called. Um, if you go if you go. A uh, black hat in comparison to white hat, which I had like a few more show up, especially one that's very impactful story. Um, yeah, and it, it takes place in chapter six. Tutorial hit like after I got like my first down and put on my head. They were like, if you like go this way, certain uh, story events and or side missions could not happen. Like they'll lock them out or something. Yeah. Um, so. I've been kind of doing it kind of like chaotic control, if that makes any sense. Um, okay. For right now. But I may change that up once I start. You know, if it, if it gets boring or something to me in that aspect or something, I might want to change it up and do something else. I will say that overall, the game rewards white hat players a lot more. Um, as Matt mentioned, you get extra missions. Um... It's just this is the the one aspect of Red Dead that I must in conflict with is in regards to its uh you know the the system of you know morality of like okay if you do a certain action you get black hat points. if you do a certain action you get white hat points right. this is where it becomes contentious and and that it sort of interjects with like the main narrative in like major ways where if you're playing white hat straight through from the beginning you're going to do some heinous things as arthur for the game (laughs) in the very like first half of the narrative and it just it's just this disconnect of like ah okay maybe if they then have this morality system and you can kind of like just go out and do your own thing there wouldn't be this this like disconnect between the narrative and the side stuff that you do and i feel like the game would be better off without the morality system kind of like you see in skyrim like you can be a bad guy or you can be a good guy but it doesn't really affect the way things turn out you decide the way things turn out it gives you options in each scenario you can right. somebody, you can keep them, let them live, you can do whatever you want. I mean, it's different, obviously, but that is the way it goes. Right, because, like, the benefits of Black Hat are, okay, you can loot dead bodies, 
uh, you can rob people, you get that satisfaction, right? However, the money that you accumulate is going to pale in comparison to a white hat playthrough where if you're a white hat, you go to the, you know, a shop or the gunsmith and you go and look at their inventory and he's like, hey, you've been good. I'm going to reward you with like 30% off all weapons. That is a substantial upgrade and cut in price. Or that in comparison to the black hat playthrough, you would have to salvage and loot countless bodies to even, you know, accommodate the benefit of the white hat playthrough. Or you can even like uh, there's like a different instance where you have to save somebody snake bite, which is kind of embarrassing. But um, sometimes you have to. Long story short, you save them from the snake bite, um, and oh, yeah, already, then later. Uh, had a guy do that. I yeah. Yeah, and then and then yeah, exactly. Sucking poison right out of his uh, inner thigh, if you know. Yep. Um, and so. <laughs> And so you go back to Valentine or wherever the nearest city is, and it, like sometimes you see the guy outside of the store. It's like, hey, hey, I know you. That's the guy that helped me. Yeah, go inside the gun shop and buy whatever you want on my tab. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, right. A free gun would cost like three hundred, or no, this isn't Red Dead Online. Uh, would it cost you know like fifty five dollars to be- get a new pistol, and it's like free, or. There's even one you can go near, um, I think it's if you're in Saint Denis, there's uh, the tailor in, in like the, the outside the tailor, like, yeah, go buy an outfit, whatever you want for free. It's like, oh shit, nice. Now yeah. I can get a, whatever like, nice spanking new clothes I want. So it, it's a nice little well, touch. Yeah, it'll definitely show up eventually. Yeah. yeah. As I said, the game rewards you more for a white hat playthrough than it does for a black hat. Um, Cause they, there are a lot of missed opportunities they could have done. So outside of the uh, main story missions where you commit, you know, robberies, yeah. you really can't actually go out on your own and rob a bank by yourself. Right. It's always tied to a mission, which is one of the things I dislike about this game. They give you so much freedom in certain areas of the game, but in the more obvious ones where it's like, hey, I want to go rob a bank. I'm a black hat guy. I could set up my, you know, put up my bandana. I can maybe, you know, go to camp and bring Javier with me, you know, and then we could go and be like, okay, let's go rob this bank. Just out of the context of the main narrative. And, you know, depending on, on how it turns out, you get a decent chunk of money. And then it would give more incentive to players to be like, hey, Black Hat is the easy way. You know, it's the easy way to earn a ton of cash short term. Whereas with the White Hat, you have to be more, more restrained, but the rewards could be tangent, tangibly like better, but more long term. It rewards patience. Gotcha. But the game doesn't really do that. The game doesn't give you many opportunities to do that. And I, I think that's the frustrating aspects of, 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 again, like Rockstar just committed full on with, you, you, you just get more benefits with the White Hat playthrough. Yeah. And uh, it's just a major missed, uh, it's just a missed opportunity. Yeah, I feel like if, if they're going to have a system like that, I feel like they, they should have it where 
not so much they're both equally rewarding, but maybe if you like you said, like if you do a white hat, it gives you better, you know, discounts towards things because you're getting like the good Samaritan. Uh the black hat side of things, like, you know, maybe you might get a different variant of a pistol or something for being like a gunslinger or something like that. Or uh, that would have been something cool to see in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I think, you know, Either way you go, I I still think White Hat is in the end the best opportunity gotcha. for 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 whatever you're gonna do. And I definitely like the way like there mm, is it a spoiler to talk about the different ways things end up. Yeah, because you you go into details. Right. I mean, you can't really. I wouldn't be talking about it. how they end up, but like that there are end ups. There's different endings, kind of. Not really. There are okay. So if you want to get into like the specifics, not specifics, but more or less. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like I'm talking about the technicalities of. I just like, don't have spoilers. There <laughs> are no. I mean, obviously. So. If you go white hat, you have an option of two endings. If you go black hat, you also have an option of two endings. All those endings play out. Uh, two of them are similar. The other two are also tied together. But the circumstances in which they occur uh, are different enough to where the ending takes place in a different location. Um, and how it plays out depends on how high of a white hat or how high of a black hat you were during your playthrough. I see. Yeah. So, you know, it it's it, it's really two separate endings um but they but both endings have a different variation to one another. So you're you're looking at like four endings. But at the end of the day, they all just coalesce into this one sort of focal point that you will get to experience once you uh, start the epilogue. And the epilogue has... I don't know. I can't say anything about the epilogue without spoiling. No, no, I'm just going to say there's there's a moment in the epilogue where something happens. uh, Yes, okay. This one big vague. Something happens and someone steps through a door and that is like okay, welcome back. Like this is the thing that happens. It's it's, it's fucking vague. I know I'm saying to anyone listening, there's like just man, don't say anything, man. You're just, just just talking gibberish right now. What does that mean? This is really won't boring. mean anything to him right now. <laughs> yeah. So this thing happens when you step on that thing, and and this bazinga. <laughs> Yeah, uh, right. but yeah, definitely now that I'm I'm off from school and once the holidays die down, I'll be able to really dig in uh, to bigger chunks of it and stuff. Speaking of holidays, I was, this is a perfect time to transition because uh, I think last week we got a pretty good present for Christmas. Oh, are we done talking about uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 for now? Or is there some other to talk about? Yeah, this is the part where I bail. Because okay, I, I really 
I really don't give a fuck about this. Okay. Well, it's just, I, I hate you, Steven. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, look. So, Avengers Infinity War was an event for, like, again, it's just monumental event. But in the grand scheme of things, it was just inconsequential. That's it. So my excitement for the follow-up is pretty much zero. We don't know that it's 100% inconsequential. People are it going is, to die. Though. It is. I, oh, that's a given. But it is honestly pretty predictable on what on on, on how it's going to turn out. So, um, okay. So here's the here's a question to that. Does this Avengers live up to the hype of the previous one? As of right now, with like mm. the trailer announcement and everything that has come out, am I more excited for this Avengers than the last? I kind of have to think about that because I was excited for this Avengers, this past Avengers, but now knowing what happened in that Avengers, am I more excited for Endgame? Hmm. I feel like I'm more excited for Endgame because this that we knew kind of what was coming in this Avengers and we kind of know what's coming in this one too. Don't get me wrong. But um, the intricacies of how it happens, it's kind of like but do we Romeo know? So and Juliet. Here's, here's the thing that I <laughs> with part one that, oh, it's just going to be a buildup to what part two is going to be. And they totally nuked all of us with the events that happened in part one. Yeah, I feel like this is, this is a, it's, this shouldn't, I mean, of course, it has to be two movies because it would be fucking long as shit. But I think this is what everything has been leading to. That last movie was the was the appetizer. This is going to be the main course. Um, I disagree in the sense of like I feel like Endgame is more of an equalizer of like, okay, the big event that occurs in Infinity War, the snap. Everyone, half of the population perishing, right? Yeah. I feel like that's what the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe was building up to. Endgame, it's just this weird transition where it's like, okay, now we need to sort of solve this problem that Thanos represents. And we need to set up what the, was it the fourth phase of the Marvel? Five? Something like that. So, but basically, it's the passing of the torch from the right. old guard to the new guard. And I feel like the excitement for this one won't be as impactful as it was for Infinity War. I feel box office wise, it's not going to do as well as Infinity War. It's going to do extremely well. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of like the hype, I, I feel like Infinity War was just like, you know, to that compare, was the peak, man. To compare, that was the peak. To compare, yes, I think. Okay, I see your I see your point, and it actually makes a lot more sense than. Um, I think this it, it's kind of like a boxing match or an MMA fight. It's like okay, you got to see what round one was like, the first fight. Now it's going to be the rematch essentially, but this time things things are definitely different, and it's going to be. The culmination, exactly what you said, passing the guard to the, from the old guard to the new guard. Of course, 
And we do know, of course, certain characters obviously are coming back. The Spider-Man's definitely coming back. We know that the Guardian... Well, we... <laughs> we know well, we the, don't, because... That's we, up in the air now. The, yeah. So, here's, here's my take with it. Uh, they just unveiled some information about the new Spider-Man in South America. They showed a trailer, and they showed some stuff. The problem with that movie is still set before the events of Infinity War. No, so, no, it's not. Isn't it? That's what I heard. No, it's set after. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. How oh. I don't... Yeah, no, I think it's... I'm fairly... Yeah, why would it be set? Because right after, like... Um, Civil War takes place before uh, the Homecoming, and then... Yeah, and then during... Like, after Homecoming, that's Affinity War. So, I don't know how this could take place before. That would mean it would take in between Civil War and Infinity War. I mean, I, I don't know. Can you also confirm this, Stephen? I have no. I have. I have fairly certain that it takes place after. Uh, what? What are we? What movie are we talking about? Oh my the, god. The <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just zoned out because, you know, I'm like, um, at the end, it doesn't matter because the characters you expect to come back will come back, and the characters that you expect to die or retire will probably do so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not about, I mean, we know what the end will probably be. It's about the journey, Steven. That's what they say in the trailer. The journey's about the end. Wait. What? I'm gonna call it right now. This isn't the last, the last one of the, the. They say that it's a two-parter as far as Infinity War Part One, then this one, and they're gonna come back with an Infinity War Part Two, and that's when Captain Marvel's gonna come into it. What? Wait, you're saying that there's this is not? You're saying this, this is not this Part Two? Yeah, this is not the end of it. I really don't I think it's the end. I guarantee it is. I I absolutely think this is the end. That's what everybody has been saying, but. The way that they set up that trailer for Endgame, I really think that, and there's a, it, again, it's a speculation theory, but they think the way that the movie is going to end is with Iron Man doing his little farewell message. And that's where Captain Marvel's going to pop out from another. And rescue him? From another warp and rescue him. I don't think. I mean, that, I could see that her rescuing him. But saying that it ends with that, that would be the worst, my opinion, the one of the worst endings of a movie I've ever seen. I mean, it keeps the, it keeps the series go going, and it keeps yeah, the money. Yeah, but that would be disgusting. That would, I, would, I would be mad. I would be furi infuriated if that's how that happened. I think, I, okay, so leak, there was leaked something or other in regards to um, an Iron Man suit that Gwyneth Paltrow's character was uh, had on, which kind of makes me sad because I thought she was going to be snapped away into a pile of goop. Um, <laughs> but uh, in regards to like, I thought she got a, the way it seems like he was going to be sending a message to a ghost. That would have been more impactful than uh, I think Gwyneth Paltrow saving him in an Iron Man suit. However, that could be bullshit because there was leaked uh, the leaked photo 
That's what I'm talking about. But regardless, I really don't think that that's going to happen. And I think this is the end of the Infinity War series. Whether or not it's the end of the Infinity Gauntlet is a whole nother speculation. All I know is, is everybody said, oh, the snapping event, you know, is not going to happen in Infinity War Part 1. And look what happened. So that's why I'm not ruling anything out. The Russo I have brothers no... are curious for building a misdirection hype train and then literally A-bombing everybody that goes in one of their I agree with you with the misdirection hype train. Yes, they, they do misdirect. I don't think it was a far reach to say that he was going to snap in the movie. I think it is a far reach saying that it's going to end with um, just I like mean, a lost in space kind of thing. I mean, prior to Infinity War, I predicted that it, it would end with a snap and it would cut to black, but they went a step further and gave me the satisfaction of seeing a bunch of, you know, superheroes just perish. So I guess I'll give them that. You're such a nihilist. <laughs> was like, I was just happy to see him die. Yeah. <laughs> I was just happy to see him die. <laughs> yeah. I would be okay too with it, even though they would piss a ton of people off, that if they kept the ones that they killed off dead. If they just if they, if they shook it up to the point where um, they misdirected it from the comic books, because there's other stuff that happens with the comic books later down the road where they reforge the Infinity Gauntlet in the in the um, quantum realm that Ant Man's stuck in. So like, oh, man. there's things that they could do in keeping it going for freaking ever. But um, if they want to shore it up in this last movie. I think that it should be to the point where Cap gets his final hurrah and somebody wins, whether that's good or evil, and they leave it at that. Yeah. So and I, I have to we have we have to see the Tony we have to see the Tony uh and Cap um buddy. We have to we have to see them together again. There has, has to happen. I just don't know if that's gonna happen or not. I hope it fucking does, and if it doesn't, that would be tragic. Um, but yeah, we will we will now uh, steer this hype train off the tracks for a bit. We'll come back with it maybe when we get more information about the movie. But the, suffice to say, I'm excited about the movie. Nick's excited about the movie. Steven could give a fuck about the movie. So. Avengers Endgame is a lie. It never. It never <laughs> ends. The Russo brothers will make sure of that. Kevin Feige, rather. Spoiler alert, it's Thanos' Stanley, the whole... Th Thanos what? Thanos' Stanley. Thanos' Stanley. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't say that. <laughs> the man, the man just passed, not long ago. Or they just do a CGI rendition of him and just have him at Celsius at the end of it. No, I think I think Stanley cameo in in Endgame should kill Thanos, but that's my that's my two two cents about that. Um, One way that could happen. So. Yeah. Long story short, I think uh, I, I'm ex I'm definitely excited for this movie. Um, but yeah. So we will shift the uh, discussion for now um, to something a little bit more dark. Uh, this is something that Steven actually came up with a uh, while ago when we were talking about the podcast 
way long ago when it was at first infancy. Um, this is Kill Your Babies, ladies and gentlemen. Franchise edition. Franchise edition. Now, you might be wondering, what the fuck? What kind of podcast am I listening to? Kill Your Babies. Well, essentially what this means... Let me explain, please. It's not what you think, um, is what they all say before the FBI knocks down the door. Um, so... This is how we take down all the franchises of games we've played, games we've heard of, games we know of hundred for the most part, and we have them uh, gladiator-style fight each other to the death in a discussion battle of which one we think should last, and then that one is then discarded into the fires of Avalon. Or is it Mists of Avalon? I don't know. But essentially, uh, take it away, Steve. What do we got today for Kill Your Babies? One through um... ten. 64 groups two for each group jesus um okay so what i did was i set up over 120 game franchises in a randomizer and put them in each into groups and we are going to determine since we have three people there is a possibility of a tiebreaker uh for the first group we have our first competitor the Near series versus Super Meat Boy. Ooh. What? This is. How do you compare these two? That's the point of this. It doesn't make any fucking sense, but we're going to have some oh, fun. With it. Okay. Oh, okay. So we're supposed to choose one who goes on to the next round? Is that what if for whatever reason fight. you haven't played either? <laughs> Feel like an argument has been made that supports the opposing choice then you could vote for that one i know yeah, little yeah. to nothing from what you've told me Stephen. i near is one of the near. best near is one of the best narrative driven games uh franchises of all time I'm just going to put it out there. It is niche in its presentation because it uses a lot of like the 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 tropes of like anime and like the overdrawn sort of like acting uh of like, you know, the soap opera aspects of of so Japanese games. Like that. Uh not so much that <laughs> way, but more, you know. It, it's it, it's grand, yeah. It's, it's grandiose. It's, it's, it's gravitas. Yeah, it's gravitas can be a bit exaggerated, but Near does something that very few games do in the sense of like its story can only be told in a video game. You cannot replicate this in a book or a concept album or a movie. Its story can only be told because it puts player agency at the forefront of of its message. And its message is bleak, depressing, dark, but at the end of the day, it gives you just enough hope to where you're kind of like, you know what? Maybe this isn't all for nothing. Super Me Boy, I played it very briefly. Um, I liked it. Um, I enjoy its quirky art style, its score, um, but yeah, it's just not in the same ballpark at all. Okay. Yeah. It's like a it's a it's a wad of meat trying to save a girl made of band-aids and rescuing her from a babe a fetus in a goddamn globe. I don't know the story. I played. I've played. I've actually played. Super- I. It was a pretty good game. Um, I, I enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I love Super Meat Boy. Uh, platform, extraordinaire, crazy, super fast movements. You have to go really fast. It's made by the same people made. Oh, fuck. What else did they make? It, um, is it Super Giant? Who makes who makes Super Meat Boy? I can't think off the top of my head who makes it. Um, is it the same people who made um, Binding of Isaac? Uh, created by Team Meat. Really? Yes. Is that the same people who made... Wait, is that the same people who made uh, Gang Beasts? No. Oh, okay. That's Meatloaf or something like that. I, or something, I think Meatbone or something. Um, but yeah, long story short, how the fuck do you compare these two? I mean, well, we have to I'm kill just, one? I'm, I'm putting my vote in for Super because I've never played the game. So... Ooh. I think I'm going to have to I'm going to have to defend I'm going to have to defend Nier I think Thank I want to see Nier go up and die after uh, after a better opponent gets to face it oh that's that's very I'll let I'll let uh, we gotta let uh Super Meat Boy die. I like the game. I like Super Meat. I, I I like Super Meat Boy dying, um, like it does so much in the game. I like it a lot. I like the game. Don't get me wrong. Same time, I feel like I feel like it's not a good opponent after like a really apparently good game, which I need to play, and it's apparently a really artistic game, which I have a fond spot for. Um, but yeah. Nier Automata is my second favorite game of all time. So, and trust me, I I I do not say that lightly. It is a game that has impacted me in a way that very few games do. And there's only one other game that even tops it. So, yeah, I think uh, uh, I think it deserves to survive another day. Next on the chopping block, Group Two. We have the now defunct Telltale Games uh, versus Spider Man. Now, by Telltale Games, this includes like The Walking Dead, all of its seasons, uh, Back to the Future, um, basically all the Wolf the Among portfolio Us game, of Thrones yeah. game, right? Yeah, versus Spider Man. Uh, what like Spider Man in what sense? Like we're talking like old every game Spider Man game. We're talking everything. We're bundling everything together. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think, Stephen? Mm. Let me start. If you're not going to start, I would like to say something. I okay. think if we would have talked about this before the new Spider-Man game that came out, uh, I would have said a Telltale because I loved the first two games of. Uh, Walking Dead. I never really got to play the other two, or is it two? Or I don't know how many came out after that. I really liked Telltale when I first played it. Like, Lee as a character, fucking amazing. And then the ending to that game was so sad when, I mean, you get it gives you options to do different things, but yeah, just very, very sad. Um, tragic story with Lee and all the characters in that game. Um, and then obviously they had some other games like The Wolf Among Us. They they had a very uh 
interesting way about especially in the wake of games like mass effect 3 like making your choices matter um i think they definitely had an impact on that and you know certain things wouldn't come back all the way through like it wouldn't have a like a revelation of the end. like holy shit this thing you did way down of game one game four not necessarily that huge but things would change depending on what options you did and I feel like they had a really good setup. I didn't get to play The Wolf Among Us, although I kind of wanted to because it was kind of like a fairy tale cop. That's that's considered their best. Really? Uh, I mean, many people will defend uh, the first season of The Walking Dead, but I feel like people are just sort of hanging on to that ending so much to where I feel like The Wolf Among Us, from what I've heard and read, is just a more holistic experience where like the whole thing is just great from top to bottom for the most part yeah and then we have um yeah and then we have spider-man now the reason i said if it, it was any other game series before before the spider-man new spider-man marvel spider-man i would have said okay let's go with telltale because they deserve to survive but at the same time, I fucking love Marvel Spider-Man. It's so well done. Um, but at the same time, uh, quite, you know, obviously you kind of predict certain things are going to happen. So damn it. Hmm. What do I pick? Does anyone else have a decision yet? I don't know, Matt. What do you think? <laughs> well, what are you guys going to say? I've been talking the too much. Breaker. I'm going to go with, uh, because I played them as a kid. Uh, the Spider-Man series, uh, even though that some of them were pretty shitty, um, it's a nostalgia feel. Um, I like some of the Telltale games, but I didn't play those as much in depth. So. Hmm. Okay. All right, Matt. What's your pick? What's your pick? I'm gonna wait on you. You're gonna wait on me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I picked Telltale. Okay. All right, Spider-Man wins. Oh, you fucking <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay? I'm sick and tired of choice-based games that give you the illusion that you have, you know, some form of player agency and the outcomes mattering. The only game that I have played recently that even fulfilled that promise to to an absurd degree was Detroit Become Human. <laughs> yeah, that was a good game. Uh, Telltale Games, I think, is overrated. Um, I, I wish I played The Wolf Among Us. I think there will be a point where I, I do want to play because it, it, it sort of has that aesthetic of like being a noir detective series and i'm i'm just uh i'm just a big fan of that type of shit but spider-man just wins just from just for being a pure joy to play it was I, actually a pity vote that i made i i said uh telltale i was just like i feel i felt pity for them a telltale and then you were just like nope <laughs> so so for the next once we reach like the final the top 32 it's going to be near versus spider-man that's going to be interesting anyways uh group three we have warcraft this includes the rts Ooh. classics the mmo and we have hearthstone uh what? warcraft 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> Heroes of Warcraft. It, it, it's 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 considered part of the franchise. You're making you're making the big daddy kill the little. <laughs> and for its competitor, we have Twisted Metal. Oh, I thought. Oh. Oh wait. Yeah, oh. this is all wait. random. This is all random. See, oh, yeah, it's hold like up. so it's it's Warcraft against Twisted Metal. Yes. Yeah, oh. I thought it was Warcraft versus Hearthstone. I was like, Seriously, what? I was like, that's <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? But of course, there's no, Warcraft. no, 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 no. Okay, that changes things a little bit. I think this is a pretty easy vote for me. Yeah. Uh, what's your vote, Matt? Same. Warcraft. What's your vote, Nick? Twisted Metal. Ooh. Twisted Metal goes. What? Yeah. Twisted Metal, hands down. I never got into Warcraft like a lot of other people that I know. Twisted Metal Black is a classic. I've never played about. Twisted Metal except for on the PSP. It's fun, God man. It's fun. I was coddled as a child. <laughs> oh, well, I'm talking about like Twisted Metal on the PS1 days. That was the jam. Yeah, but like Black, Twisted Metal Black for yeah, the PS2, that, one, that was my jam. That, that was, was just. It was so fun playing with like co op. I mean, not co op, but like split screen oh, yeah. where you could like. Couch co-op. I, think, I, yeah. I think it's good that we, we, uh, we, I, I think it, it will be good for me that we killed off World of Warcraft. Yeah. yeah. Warcraft in general. Next <laughs> on the chopping block. Group four. The first competitor is Rock Band. Oh, God. Please say Guitar they are Hero. Facing <laughs> Dale's X. Oh. What was it? Deus Ex? Um, oh. Yeah, Deus Ex. Oh. This includes the classic and the human revolution, mankind divided. Oh, oh man. I never beat mankind divided. That has the more drawn out political sense to something. I think it's because they're so different that it's difficult for me to handle. Yeah, it's different. It's like shit. I mean. That, I say, that, that's the whole point of this. Is I, say, just... I say Rock Band because I've had way more enjoyment through many, many years on Rock Band than I have ever had through Deus Ex in time spent having fun. I, it's not to say I don't love Deus Ex. I love Deus Ex. But like, but like, how many cyberpunk games do you get? I mean, yeah, we have Cyberpunk 2077. An actual game called up. Cyberpunk. <laughs> I know, I know that, man. That's what I was... I was trying to refute myself there, but like prior to that, Dale Sex just I don't know. I'm I'm leaning toward Dale Sex, but Rock Band definitely has its appeal with its uh with the DLC tracks and how it transferred over. Uh... Hmm. Yeah, um kind of the same boat. Deus Ex was fun. Um, only rock band that I actually played like religiously was the Beatles rock band. Really? Um, <sighs> yeah, that one's a little. Oh, I, I mean, God. I played rock band too a fuck ton. Oh, shit, this is hard because I have fond memories of Guitar Hero as well. Yeah. This is not Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero. I know it's not thing. Guitar Hero, but at this point, if I have to get rid of one of them. So that the other could go farther. You would burn oh Guitar God. Hero like a motherfucker. That they fucked up. They started. Mm. They created a different game that's. They fucked up, but Guitar Hero Two has a special place in my heart because that was 
the one game that really invigorated my uh, appreciation for music um, in what, a way that, yeah, just like Dragon just Force. like listening to music. No, not Dragon <laughs> Force specifically, but like you know, I got into Disturbed. I got into like you know, I would like to like change the old my vote. classic rock. I would like to change my vote. You had just brought something good to the forefront of my mind. I think I'm going to change my vote to Deus Ex because Deus Ex deserves to live. Okay. Nick, what are you voting for? I'm going to go Rock Band. Okay. All right. <sighs> band it is. God, you fucking... <laughs> Every time you vote against... Why is that? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That DLC track list transferring over yeah, is a big I, deal. I, mean, I agree. Have, I agree. I agree. For every reason you agree, I agree. It's just difficult. And plus, this uh, th this makes it more interesting. I really want to see Rock Band versus a Guitar, uh, guitar Hero, but we I, probably yeah. won't make it to I that I really point. love the art style of the Beatles Rock Band. That was fucking epic. Yeah. Um, okay. Group five. This one, this one is going to be contentious very briefly, but I think a clear winner will be chosen. Group five. We have Hotline Miami. Oh, versus Red Dead. Oh. What? No! <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Hotline. <laughs> you know what? You guys are gonna hate me for it, but I'm gonna Hotline. I played the shit out of that game. So have I. It's a great. Mm, so I even I'm dressed the up as Graham for fucking Halloween one year. Oh uh, yes, you did. You're there's a photo so of us I'm together. The tiebreaker. Steven. <laughs> don't, don't do something stupid. Don't kill John Marston again. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's been years. Have some respect. Some I I'd gladly watch him die again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Red Dead Red Dead wins. Goddamn um, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. We Hold on, Miami. Sex segment on this no, very no, podcast that, today. That is a tough one, though. Mm. Yeah, it, it, I'm sad to see it, Hotline it, go really so, so soon. I know. I know. It's just crazy. This next one is gonna be probably worse. So oh, no. get ready. Um, <laughs> group six. The first competitor is the God of War versus Dragon Age. Oh, God of War. Oh, Nick chooses Nick's God of War because Nick has never played Dragon Age. No, no, I have. Oh, <laughs> I played more of God of War. Yeah, God of War, just you know everything about. I'm gonna game. vote you out of this decision, Stephen. God of War wins. <laughs> okay, well, guess what? That's gonna be up against Red Dead. I okay. <laughs> All right. God of War wins Oops. because I, not to say let me defend myself. Not to say I don't love Dark Dragon Age, but God damn it. God of War must go on. I'm sorry. God, God, I mean, they both have missteps. Ascension was uninspired Horrible. and bad. The new God of War, I have uh, It's It's really overrated, in my opinion. Um, Dragon Age 2 is bad, but... God, if, if that game turned out differently, I think... I really think... 
the, the health of Dragon Age as a franchise would be so different. But anyways, uh, the next group will be interesting, but pretty clear cut. Uh, group number seven, we have your first competitor, Star Wars. Oh, God. Versus the Witcher series. Oh, I know what I know what Nick's picking already. Yeah, because I played the hell out of the Star Wars games on like the Super Nintendo fucking PS. This uh, this basically encompasses everything Star Wars. Which is the good us. and the bad. The good and the bad. We're talking about the OG Battlefront here. We're talking about and uh, the new Battlefront. It's everything. It's like oh. you have to take into consideration everything. We're also talking about the N sixty four games and fucking like right. SNES game. Oh, yeah. Temple of Killer. Yeah, everything. Was it Temple of Killer Kasi, I think. Oh, that was God. like the Star Wars Mortal Kombat game. Yeah, there was even like the Revenge of the Sith game where you oh, could. Yeah. It was literally lightsaber battles, and then there was fucking um. Jedi Academy. Oh, yeah. Jedi Academy 2 was fucking epic. And this includes, like, the MMO. Yeah. Uh, oh, Galactic, Jesus. Galactic Battlegrounds. Yeah. But then you it's get... A, it's Star Wars the whole way down. I love The Witcher, but I'm a Star Wars nerd. I've, so. I've tried to play The Witcher. I, I tried the second game. I haven't tried the new one, but I hear it's just, like, it's very similar in the... You haven't in, played the wild, no. What the hell are you doing, Matt? <laughs> Playing other games that are more approachable, in my opinion. Ah, The Witcher is up your alley, Matt. It is up my alley. I probably should try it harder. I just, I couldn't. I, I tried. I tried, but the combat is not. I wait. Have you really played them? Yes. The third one? Dude, no, our previous entry. I've, I've only played. I've only played the second game. Yeah, they are like leagues apart. They're they're like almost not the same game. Yeah. Maybe I should try it, but this is not the time to discuss neither here nor there. It's called Kill Your Babies. I don't know, man. Battlefront 2 with that controversy. Come on, if you're going to let one game destroy the history, Timeline of Star Wars. That's we just talked about Fallout the 76. Is like <laughs> the, it's, it, it is the de facto best role playing game of all time. Just based off Game of the Year awards, the critical reception, the way people foam at the mouth for this game is just insane. What's your decision, Steven? Um, I fucking love Knights of the Old Republic. I know. Knights That's of the Old Republic picking. too. <sighs> <sighs> but then I look at the bad shit that Star Wars has come out with. It's like it's like a it's like a a, a grand dinner. At one end you have amazing meats and and nice desserts and fucking oh my god. And the other end there's just a dog shitting on the table. <laughs> It's okay. I'm okay with a dog shitting on the table once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're like it's great, but what the fuck is this? It's like actually, I just played not to get off subject here, but I just uh, popped in the new Battlefront again because they just unleashed the uh, Clone Wars um, download for it. Um, it's actually pretty good. 
I was surprised. Oh, God. I think I'm going to be sick. Why? I can't choose. Uh, 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 I think I'm broken. I picked Star Wars. All right, then my vote doesn't matter. If you were going to pick The Witcher? <laughs> uh, yes, I was. Yeah, I think, but in all, wait, wait, I, no. I, I, I'm picking The Witcher based the appreciation from an outsider's perspective. I played it for like about close to 10 hours, which oh, I, I didn't play it that much. It, yeah, yeah. So like it's 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 it hasn't really clawed its way into I, me yet. I didn't let the fucking wine breathe is what I'm saying. I I I I took a sip immediately as they poured it and they're like, how does it taste? <laughs> Whoa, okay. If you know anything about Red wine. Never mind. Um, long story short, I I have more experience with the Star Wars franchise in comparison to the Witcher franchise, and that's a damn shame. So we may have to enact a, a, a resurrection clause in this game. Maybe. No. Just go. Just leave it. Next. <laughs> Group number eight. We have Kingdom Hearts. Versus Super Giant Games, the creators of Bastion, Transistor, and Pyre. Kingdom Hearts. <sighs> and Fuck that, that hurts. That hurts Steven. Because <laughs> Steven, oh. Steven, Steven is a huge... Steven is, well, Steven, you haven't played Kingdom Hearts, have you? <sighs> Very but you, briefly, but I have... I have... No. Not enough to warrant, like, me saying anything remotely. Uh, tangible about it or to form an opinion. <sighs> so we have Kingdom Hearts. Mm. I played the hell out of Kingdom Hearts 1 and a fair amount. I beat Kingdom Hearts 2, but I, I almost completely like everything. I'm going to say. And make this a little bit difficult for Steven. I'm going to say Super Giant Games. Just because I want to make it difficult for Steven. Because <laughs> Steven has, has to now have the weight. I love you, Transistor, but Kingdom Hearts goes, continues. I'm trying to think strategically here. Strategically? I'm not thinking about yeah. the big game. I'm thinking, I'm thinking case by oh, case. It's all about the big game, boy. Kingdom Hearts can go further than Bastion, Transistor, and Pirate can. Kingdom Hearts can face near. Uh, maybe. But... We'll see. Group number nine. We have Undertale versus Ninja Gaiden. Oh, what? <laughs> ah, okay, that's... Hmm. Undertale is a... Looks like an old school game. Plays very emotionally. Kind of a very new type of battle system. 
Um, Breaks the fourth wall is what I heard. Fourth wall, a bunch. I haven't played it, but that game I've has seen really it intrigued me a lot. And then you have Ninja Gaiden, which and is one of the best action games ever made. And I've never played it. I'm gonna go with Ninja Gaiden because I, I agree with uh, Stephen on that one. God. Don't get me wrong. There's some pretty good action games out there, but that one, as far as like, one takes a cake. Yeah, it's very skill uh, skill intensive. Yeah. I think I'm 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 gonna make it harder than that. I'm... Are you really? Seeing as I've never played either of these games. I mean, maybe, maybe you're trying to argue, you know. I okay. Here's what I'm thinking. You have a beloved game in both of these series. Well, one's a series, one's a singular game. Um, and I feel as though Undertale is good, but I just I don't. I'm more willing to go pick up. I know what I'm getting into when I'm getting into Undertale. I know I'm also getting into when I get to Ninja Gaiden. When I see approachability, I think Ninja Gaiden's way more approachable. Um, I would argue the opposite. Really? I would argue that Undertale is more approachable because you have perceived notions on how it plays. True. And then it sort of turns them on its head. Um, Ninja Gaiden is a superb action game, but you you won't be able to recommend Ninja Gaiden to anyone. Undertale is quirky and weird, and people might not get its like references and stuff. But I feel I feel like Undertale uses its medium a lot more effectively than Ninja Gaiden. I feel like any other action game could topple Ninja Gaiden, whereas it's very hard to topple what Undertale does specifically. All right. I think that's where I'm at. All right. Because, like, Ninja Gaiden, okay, so if, if we lose Ninja Gaiden, Bayonetta, others that will make cry. Like, yeah. there's other action games. Easily that replaced, in my opinion. Undertale's Undertale is a way is harder. harder thing to replace. Yeah. It's and, harder. There's nothing quite like it. Okay, for well, that reason, there might be us. Yeah. For for that reason, I think, I think I gotta go with Undertale. Okay. Oh, you picked Undertale as well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Undertale survives. Um, we are. Uh, we have one more group. I'm going to suggest, did you guys want to do another five groups after, or are we going to cap it? At uh, right time? now, we're at about uh, two and a half hours. Okay, so... Okay, we should cap so we it off here. Yeah, we should, we should... Yeah. All right, so the final group for this I it podcast... Was nine. We're at nine? Or is that nine? That was nine. Oh, okay. This is the last one. Here yeah. we go. Group number 10. This one should be a little contentious. Star Fox versus Call of Duty. A hush falls over the crowd. <laughs> oh. oh. God. Oh. 
they both have they both have so many missteps, but they both have pretty high highs as well. And they're very different. I've been playing Call of Duty since Big Red One. Since what? Since yes. So uh, lovely. what i was saying uh, i've been playing call of duty since like the first one so and i stopped playing at black ops <sighs> i started playing Two. i started playing at call of duty 3 and i stopped playing at ghosts which i sadly played and then i picked it up back again with Advanced Warfare, and I'm currently playing it right now with Black Ops 4, which is actually quite fun. Um, oh, and then we have Star Fox, which I have played very little of. Star Fox 64. Yeah, I didn't play that much. I was uh, not that huge of a fan. Not to the extent that I played Call of Duty. And I haven't actually played a game since the one with the dinosaurs. Star Fox of the, uh, Adventures? Yeah. yeah. That was for the GameCube? Yeah, I played that a little bit. And that was actually kind of fun. I got deep in. <sighs> so... And I know how there's a huge community backing Star Fox, but you know what? It would just die if it went up against Smash anyways. So for that reason, I'm going to pick Call of Duty. Okay. Falco died for nothing. <laughs> Falco lives in Super Smash yes. Brothers. Yeah, yeah, that he does. <laughs> He's going to get his revenge. Um, okay, so who are what are it's... what are the so how does this bracket work? How, when will we see these games again after another uh, bracket is as soon as fulfilled? we're done with the rest of the we did 10, so we have 54 groups to go. Wow, so we won't even see these until it comes back around to thin out the other rest of the herd, correct? It then goes to the bottom like 32. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to see what we get uh, the next time. I actually am too. Yeah. So we will be doing another podcast um, very soon within the next coming weeks. Um, and yeah, the next podcast is going to be a way, it's going to be like Kill Your Babies, but more refined. No, uh, no not, not, I mean, sort of, but. <laughs> Gonna be our it's top more of, of the year. year the the end of year special where we sort of through subjective metrics try and objectively craft a top ten list where we have to pretty much compromise, argue with each other, um, to pick out the top ten games of this year. Remakes are not allowed. Um, it's only games that have re that have released this year are eligible. 
um, and we have to rank them in order. And we have and to get is... one solid list together. Yes, that is going to be very challenging. It's going to be a hell of a show. Yeah, you want to talk about arguing? See, it's easy to argue games we haven't played before, but these games we have played, and we're each coming up with, we're each bringing something to the table. I think it'll be easier in the later stages, possibly, as long as we don't bury one of my loving games uh... in the dirt. Uh, I still think the top five is going to be contentious. Yeah. I believe that exact... Yes, I think that would be the exact point upon contention. Uh, but yeah, look... Look forward to our uh, next edition, uh, our next episode of uh, Nerd Your Enthusiasm, because we will be definitely going in deep on this one for the uh for the year end and uh possibly talk about what we have coming up with the next year of games what we have coming up which is a bunch of fucking games so yeah is there anything else we're gonna do for the next episode um we will continue the kill your baby section obviously this will be a bi-weekly thing in accordance with the schedule of our podcast. Um, and that's going to roll out, you know? It, it's going to take a little while until we get to the definitive best game franchise of all time. Which is going to be interesting. It's going to be something probably we were like, what the fuck, really? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be fairly predictable. Huh. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for joining us cast of nerd your enthusiasm and we will see you next time have a great one ciao bye bye